0: i delighted today to introduce you to the fifth in our series on optimising health and happiness for humans and for your animals, with my special guests, Dr. Timo Tastehar and Lance Shuttler. And please, if this is the first one you're listening to, please go back to the first in the series, which is podcast four on the platform. So today we're discussing the fascinating subject of how understanding epigenetics and nutrient epigenetics can help us optimise our health and happiness. Many of us are now aware of the brilliant work from Dr. Bruce Lipton and his book, The Biology of Belief. which explains how we all have much more control over our genetics than was previously thought. However, how many of us really understand how significant understanding epigenetics is, how key nutrients affect gene expression, and how we can truly shift from surviving to really thriving? Hopefully, this discussion today will really add to our understanding, and empower us all to make great choices. We've so much to learn about our connection to the environment. Once again, I love the different perspectives that both Lance and Timo bring to this discussion. So sit back, enjoy with an open mind, stay curious and stay free. And very importantly, please do let us know what you think in the comments or the reviews. Thank you. Okay, right. Hello. Well, we're back. I can't believe it. It's the fifth in our series on optimising health and happiness for humans and animals. And we are today are going to be talking about the fascinating subject. I love this one of epigenetics and nutrient epigenetics. And I have got my lovely sort of guests that you should be used to seeing by now, Lance Shuttler and Dr. Timo Tastaha. So let me just introduce my guests, and then we can talk a little bit more about what we're going to cover today. So Lance Shuttler graduated from the University of Iowa with a bachelor's degree in health science, and he's the CEO and owner of Ascent Nutrition, a unique holistic nutrition company. We love your products. We're going to be talking about a few of those today, I think. He's also a contributing health and wellness writer at the Epoch Times, and his work includes the topic of regenerative agriculture, resource-based economies, and quantum technologies. And Timo Tastaha is a veterinarian with a doctoral degree in equine cardiology. Timo has worked extensively in the equine and pet food and supplement industry in production, formulation, and consultation. Timo specializes in animal physiology and movement, with breed experience in rehabilitation and nanomedicine for horses and pets. He's known for his ability to break down complicated scientific data and concepts, and he prefers natural solutions as much as possible, prioritising long-term functional solutions to avoid the drastic, unwanted side effects often associated with short-term results. And for those of you that haven't listened to me before, I'm Catherine Edwards, and I'm a biologist and a holistic health therapists for animals and their humans and very much like Timo and Lance I really concentrate on natural solutions to bring the mind body back in balance. So I'm going to love this conversation today because this is going to link into the other podcasts and videos depending which platform you're watching it on. Now, for anyone who's picking up this one on the same time, you can either listen to this on the podcast platforms or watch it on the YouTube platforms. And if you haven't listened yet to episodes one to four, please do afterwards because you'll see they all link in. So, Timo, I want to start with you today. Epigenetics, um, it's been around for a while and yet a lot of people still aren't that familiar with what it is and why it's so important. How would you describe what epigenetics is?
1: Well. You are from the UK, so it's easier to explain it to you. It's harder to explain to people like in uh, Miami who have always the same type of weather. So uh, your genetic code is your wardrobe. And your epigenetic response is what you pick up to put on if you go under the rain or sun. So epigenetics is your response and the environment response onto you on the genetic level with what you use for that um, situation, the code from your uh, library. So you have a library, this is your DNA. You have different books. For different situations, use different books. For different meals, use different recipes. For different occasions, you have different clothes. This is epigenetics. Not just what you have as a whole code because you have a whole bunch of code in your DNA, but which parts of those codes are active, actually doing something, and which codes are hidden and not doing anything? Because I call it, we, we have, and all the um, animals and plants, have the ability to adapt. So we have over the uh, centuries, millennia, the adaptation period where we gather a lot of genes that help us in different situations, but we are not using them all the time. And some of these genes are super important for daily tasks. And when they are active, you burn more energy. When they are not active, you don't burn energy and get obese. Or when they are active, you can sleep better. When they are inactive, you cannot sleep better. Or when they are active, you can produce more energy. When they are inactive, you cannot produce energy at all. These are the genes that have to be highlighted epigenetically. So they function and they bring you something. This is epigenetics. So the the science of how. To um, how to integrate what you know in your DNA to your daily life to make you survive. This is actually, generally speaking, the gist of epigenetics, and it can be changed. That means your DNA doesn't change much over the time, but the genes that you use for different situations and the genes that are active or passive, suppressed sometimes or activated by external means, is what makes you live your day. And that's why epigenetics is more than uh, important than your genetic code, because when you look at your genes, it just tells you what you have in your library, but it never tells you what you read or what you read. So just because you have some books in your library, doesn't mean that you know what's inside. Same with the genetics. If you have a whole uh, bunch of genetic information in you, but can use only these, we want to know which of these you actually use. And if we can change the ones you use or suppress the ones that are actually harmful to you, at least for today. That's the science of epigenetics in a nutshell. I don't know if it makes sense. So,
0: Yeah, it's a hard one to explain. Lawrence, what have you got to add to that?
2: Um, you know, I would say n- not much to add, but I'll just kind of reword it in my words. I think that was a great description and explanation of what epigenetics is. And the way I describe it to people is, how the environment outside of us uh, influences our genes and how they express themselves. And, you know, it's a lot of different things, our thoughts, the food, our environment in terms of the frequencies that are around us, the amount of sunlight we get, um, you know, the the amount of emotional stress we endure or, you know, uh, create, um, how we deal with stress then can also change the the genetics and, and how that expresses um you know just really just different lifestyle factors and how it impacts us and the overall message is you know just like timo said it's not stuck or static we can actually change and we have the power and that goes you know along with everything that we've been saying throughout this series is we have the choice and we can make these choices to impact our genes in more beneficial ways
0: yeah i think that's why it's so important we have this discussion today because you know anyone who's really interested in optimizing their health and happiness and most of us are the more we understand about this and the more we understand how many different ways we can impact um you know our physical health our emotional health our vibrancy etc the better so you've already mentioned you know there's the food the nutrition um we all know things like fasting can have a big impact even temperature you know hence going back to the cold the effect of the cold the effect of the heart stress sleep the type of exercise and very much as you said your thoughts as well or the mood you're in Um, All of these are really, really important. Now, I wanted to ask you, Timo, obviously, when we're talking about our environment affecting our gene expression, we've got the external environment that we've all just mentioned, and we've got the internal environment as well. Can you talk a bit about how the role of our nervous system in terms of interpreting the external environment and sending messages internally to our cells?
1: yeah so let's start first of all, how we um, can describe gene expression, right? So we have uh, we have our genetic code. It's there as the blueprint for doing things, building things, building proteins that have a uh, structural or um, other functional qualities. And most of these uh, effects are how we produce energy, how we rebuild ourselves, how we react to illness, how we create hormones. And all these actions, all happens in our organism is connected to our DNA and the blueprint inside that lets us translate parts of the DNA, produce a protein that regulates something, and then we have the regulation for it. That means our DNA is responding to everyday tasks and everything that happens to us, uh, to our sensory input in our mental input and our emotional input. We react to it with our body. And the DNA is producing proteins accordingly. Mm. So that means DNA is just not a blueprint, a passive blueprint of things, but is activated and deactivated by different things to fit our daily needs to survive. Right? So the problem is for our body, emotional or nervous uh, input and external input is not... Uh, differentiated so they are one and same so if we have a wonderful life but we feel down our body feels down and starts to act accordingly so we produce more cortisol we produce hormones um that uh things that we are in a bad state or but if we if we feel like uh we have enough power to do things we, we can overcome whatever we want then the body tries to facilitate it. then um, the DNA starts to respond with proteins, with hormones that lift us up and brings us more power. For instance, let's say adrenaline. So adrenaline is a typical um, example on how our DNA produces things that will release DNA, uh, release uh, adrenaline. So this is the DNA's job to activate and deactivate certain things so we can survive. So if we feel always down, if we feel always threatened, if we feel always sad, then um, the response of our body is accordingly. And on the long term, this is very detrimental because no organism should survive on Mother Earth that is always depressed Mm. because we are made to thrive. So we are not made to be depressed. And that's where the problem starts for me with the epigenetics because the more you feel depressed, the more you actually deserve to die according to mother nature. And your body does everything to bring you that direction because this is how you are programmed. But on the other hand, if you, if you feel like, no, I don't want to be depressed. I want to overcome this. And I want to, I want to go to the next level. I want to see tomorrow. I want to see my grandchildren. I want to this, 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 I want to go, I don't know, uh, see the soccer game, whatever you are feeling like that's your next Adventure, your body tries to prepare you for that, and this is on the DNA level. It's not just on the mental level. It's not just in your head. It's not just uh, uh, how do you say your interaction with other people. It happens in you, and you have a huge impact on air on the DNA level, on molecular level. What happens in you with your feeling, with your thought, with your approach to your environment and whatever happens. To you in that moment, so you react to it as a whole body on the molecular level.
0: Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it, Lance? Because we spoke last time in quite a lot of detail about um, how ninety-five percent of our of our of our life is really run by the programs within our subconscious mind. And that's the issue, is when epigenetics, when you look at it simply, your environment controls your expression of your genes. But actually, when you then look at how our subconscious mind then interprets that environment, this can complicate things for people, do you think, Lance?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that's very well said, Catherine, that it was actually very descriptive for me, and I hadn't thought about it in that specific way before, in that, you know, our epigenetics our decisions that we're making are affecting our genes. But like you said, 95% of our decisions are subconscious or not conscious. So it really does press the point forward even more of how important it is to become aware of the choices that we're making Um, because exactly. And I, I love what you said about interpretation because something that might be stressful for one person and then create a cascade of effects that are harmful physiologically might be viewed as something uh, ecstatic for someone else and would create different effects. So it is interesting how our perception and our choices tie in with that on such a deep level.
0: I've got a really good example of that. I was just telling you both before. So I've got a lot of cats, which I love. Now, two of them are a little bit more adventurous than the others, and they can tend to disappear off hunting for a couple of days at a time. So my natural worry, uh, worrying personality, my interpretation of that is, where are my cats? I don't really feel I can go to sleep until they're safely in. Um, so I'm setting off that stress response in my body. And my husband's reaction is, thank goodness, I haven't got a wet cat on the pillow tonight. So he's relaxed and very happy that they're not in, so you know it is so true. Uh, there's so many different ways that we all interpret, you know, the difference between we, we interpret what stress or incitement, for example. So, I would encourage people to go back and listen to last week's um discussion on that, and of course, we can't be talking about epigenetics without mentioning. Bruce Lipton and the biology of belief, and he makes a really good distinction in there. I will put all Bruce's references below, but he really explains beautifully in a lot more detail about the difference between, yes, the external environment, but the key thing is how internally our nervous system interprets that, because otherwise, say everyone who was working at an asbestos factory would get the same disease, but they don't. Um, so it's it, it's very very fascinating. Now, Timo, genetics based on what we know, genetics is it a convenient excuse for people?
1: Convenient as an excuse for sure, but uh, is it logical? No. So uh, of course there are extreme um, genetic problems we can inherit, especially if both parents are carrying it, and uh, and that we cannot get away from, right? But there are a lot of things that people say, oh, everybody had a heart attack in my family. I will also have an heart attack. And uh, genetically, I'm prone to it. Yes, you might be prone to it if you get as overweight as your father and as unhealthy as your father. And if you work 16 hours a day as your father and, uh, and don't rest as much as your father and just eat as unhealthy as your father. And it's just, there are so many things that have to happen to have the same fate. Yet it happens to everyone in your family because they are all living the same life. It's yeah. not just because they have, they are genetically prone to it, but they did everything right to reach that point. So most of us are prone to things, but it doesn't have to happen just because it happened before. And, uh, and most of the genetic, uh, baggage we carry, um, Genetics have only 20% of uh, effect maximum in your daily life. Most of it is your environment. And if your daily life, the way you live it and you take care of your environment and the way you eat and drink and breathe and move uh, and rest, uh, I think those uh, chances are getting lower and lower to make a major problem for you. Mm.
0: Lance, in your work, because obviously with your Ascent Nutrition, you do so much research on we're going to come on to the nutrigenetics epigenetics in a minute, but um, do you set, tend to see people using genetics either for themselves, we'll come on to animals in a minute, Timo, as an excuse?
2: Yes, definitely. And it really does depend on the person. Um, but, you know, in, in relation to our customers, I would say, I'm sure there's, there's many who do it, but we don't have people voicing those concerns, but just in everyday life and the work that I've been doing, absolutely. And, you know, we all hear it. Oh, it runs in my family. There's nothing I can do about it. Uh, my dad had it, so forth, you know, just like Timo was saying, all these excuses really. And now of course th- th- the genetics play a huge role you know, there are things just like you said, if both parents have it, then you may end up with it, but that doesn't mean that's your fate. It doesn't determine how you're going to end your life or or how a life ends. It, it's a possibility. And actually you could view it really as a gift, um, in some ways in that maybe it's something, a great challenge that you can overcome with lifestyle, nutrition, mindset, you know, all the different things we've been talking about. So, Um, I definitely hear it. I've been hearing it, but I do believe it's changing dramatically because of conversations like these and people know of the work of Bruce Lipton, Candace Pert, many, many others and how we do have the power and we can make changes. And we aren't just like, we aren't like solely determined based on our genes. I mean, you look at someone who's, um, obese and you know is just not in good health you've seen many examples of people who literally turn their lives around and then become you know shredded and cut and like examples and models of health and fitness so that's just a good example that you know we aren't determined by our genes it's by our choices
0: I see it is so empowering because um I think, you know, that there's nothing worse than thinking you've got no choice in it. And once you realise you've got a choice, then you can seek out the help and support that you might need to because we've all got our own internal blockages, haven't we? So using myself as an example, you know, my father, my mother, myself have all got quite severe hearing loss. And I've been told it's hereditary. I don't believe it's hereditary. I believe it's due to lifestyle choices and and um, emotions and um, emotional links to disease and things like that that's my choice so so now I'm seeing it as a nice little challenge about what can I do about it Um, so I think this is the thing is where people is once that light bulb moment has gone off for people and they realize hang on a minute this doesn't have to become my fate Then they can really have a lot of fun in terms of connecting with the right people for them that are going to help them with tools, techniques, supplements, lifestyle changes, etc., to make the changes that they want to make, uh, to live the life that they want. Timo, what about when it comes to animals? Because that's um, a little bit of a a controversial area, because obviously there's a lot of human selective breeding done by animals. And also, the way that humans interact. Say, let's take dogs. So lots of people have dogs in their life, and so a lot of people will interact and treat different breeds very differently as well.
1: Yeah. So um, yeah, before we go just to animals, I want to add something, and that is uh it ties what what Lan said a lot um to the to the general idea of epigenetic response mm. to something. So I know it from horses, especially from sport horses. They have genes, they are activated, that make them champions. And if you remove those genes, suppress them, they become normal horses that never perform. But on the other hand, the same brother or same sister from the same family have the same genes, but the same gene, uh, the activated gene makes that horse a champion. So you have... Like twins, you have a twin yourself, you know it. So you have genetically identical people, but different activated genes resulting in different um, characters, different uh, responses, different health problems, different, different. So if genes are that important, then the twins have to die the same way, live the same way and eat the same way, drink the same way. But it's not like that. Right, And that even shows, it's a very good uh, example of how activated and deactivated genes have a major impact of your life because they are reacting to your environment and your lifestyle. So the, the, this is the reaction of, uh, of your genes to your lifestyle. So let's come to selective breeding and, of course, all the, all the uh, genetic package that comes with highly selected breeding, especially... Uh, different horse, uh, horse breeds cannot eat certain things because they cannot digest it. There are some dogs who cannot breathe. There are some dogs who cannot run. There are some dogs, if they run, they twist their stomach and die. Mm. There, are, there are dogs with uh, always having the same type of skin problems, eye problems. There are cats who always have the same type of hear, hearing loss. And, and, and yes, that is correct. So these, but, that said, there are also, most of these animals are fed the same way. Yeah. So yes, they have the genetic uh, problems, but some of these things happen because the way we are feeding them. So they are more prone to those problems. But if we wouldn't feed them the way we feed them, they wouldn't have that problem in the first place because those genes wouldn't be active and, uh, and uh, producing proteins that leads to those problems. So uh, especially certain uh, skin problems, skin reactions, allergic reactions, and uh, let's say generally um, immune responses that are unwanted immune, immune responses come from a genetic package that is activated through bad feeding, bad environment, not enough movement. And, and, and again, if, like the beginning. So we are made to thrive. If we don't thrive, we should go away for the nature. This is, this is what we are. So if we are not good, don't waste my time. Get someone good. And this is nature doesn't love you or something. So you are here to survive. And if you, if you are not fit to survive, able to survive, and you cannot figure out how to do that yourself, then you can be also dead. That nature doesn't care.
2: Yeah. And that
1: is really imprinted in our DNA. So if you feel like everything is on you negatively and you feel inside like, you are not fit to live, then if you want to survive, you have to change that mindset. Because if not, you go in that direction and your body will do everything to go that direction. Don't forget, a lot of prey animals have the right hormones when they're attacked. They're about to die. It starts to break down their muscle tissue and so they can be fed easily and become earth again as soon as possible. So the nature... You are a ticking bomb yourself if you don't take care of it. But if you don't uh, remove the fuse, you you will explode. You cannot stop that. So you, you have to take care of that. Same goes for animals. We have to we have to take care of them so that they can really thrive and be themselves, like in the nature, a strong uh, individual of their own species and an or or breed. And if we can give them that then they will function and most of the uh, genetic baggage will be meaningless. Fantastic. Except short that I know,
0: have. I know. And we've discussed quite a lot of tips about how to do this in episodes one to four and also in my podcast seven with Dr. Peter Tobias, who's a brilliant holistic vet um, specializing in dogs. So Lance, I really want to pick your brains now on Nutri epigenetics it's a huge new growing area and a very exciting one i think for people what is it
2: yeah definitely so i'm going to read the the definition so people can get you know the actual technical definition uh it's how so nutri epigenetics investigates how nutrients and bioactive food compounds affect gene functions via epigenetic modifications and so in short what that means is it's how nutrients affect genetic expression within ourselves. And this can be in a positive way or a negative way. Um, and there's a lot of different interactions that occur. And there's several different nutrients. Well, all the nutrients will do this in some ways, but some play larger roles and influence more genes than others. Um, and so this ties into our choices and our choices with diet, choices with lifestyle, uh, what we eat, when we eat, the timing of it, all that. So uh, yeah, it is a relatively new field and it is very fascinating because, again, it gives us the power back in our own hands to make changes as we wish. And you can see, like going back to that example of someone who's uh, overweight and wants to lose weight and gets in phenomenal shape, clearly diet plays a role in that and, and exercise and both of those things certainly influence our genetic expression. So, you know, it's not just a field of theory. I mean, there are certain theories out there and things need to be tested and proved, but you can also see just from a, a common sense level that of course food does affect our genes. It does affect how uh we function and how our structures change as well.
0: And I think one of the things that is that really stood out from what you said there you know we we've mentioned a bit before about soil health and good old Zach Bush is one of my favorite goes to if anyone wants to know more about soil health but you see the thing is a lot of this knowledge is so important we have now because the choices as a human race that we've made over the last 100 years unfortunately, have taken a lot of these essential nutrients out of our food chain. So they're not available for humans or any other species. So we get into this downward spiral. Um, that's a really important one as well, isn't it, Timo?
1: Yeah, it is. And um, yeah, don't forget, so the, the human body works on fuel and works on nutrients, right? So half of it goes, or part of it goes to make energy, a Part of it goes uh, to rebuild things, and part of it goes to run the system. So most of the minerals and vitamins we use are there to run the system. So all the building blocks, like proteins, amino acids, you can have all of them. Then you can have all the energy you need. But if you don't have the administrative important molecules, then you start to dysfunction. So th- this, is, this is the problem we have right now. And in an epigenetic level, it is like this. There are a lot of minerals and vitamins or other nutrients especially phytonutrients uh that have an impact on one gene like just this gene and this gene makes you burn more energy or makes you sleep better or makes you your eyes lighter or makes your hair stronger or makes you more alert and 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 all these small nutrients uh have a total effect on changes on your DNA. That means there are some nutrients that make your DNA say, okay, I have to change the way I look. For instance, that happens to um, birds. If you have a very snowy winter, next year you have a lot of birds that are more white than they were gray last year. And that's their epigenetic response to the whiteness of their environment. Because Mm. if they don't, they die. (laughs) The cats will see the white, uh, the, the gray thing on the white. And right? And this is an, a very good example of epigenetic response to changing environment in a total way. And that happens with certain nutrients. And if you don't have those nutrients, uh, your epigenetic response is less and less powerful because those genes who control epigenetic response are not activated. Right. So there are special genes who just do the arbitrary uh, arbitration, sorry, between genetic responses. So it's just one gene does gene expression manipulation, let's say, and there are ways to activate and deactivate this gene. (laughs) And if this gene is not active, your response to your environment is less. And if it is active, you respond faster. For instance, uh, kids. If they grow up sleeping without a blanket, they are not very sensitive to cold. So their skin and their body knows how to produce heat. And how did that happen? This is the effect on their DNA level, how they produce energy during their yeah. sleep, right? And, and these are the small examples how the epigenetic response is huge over your life. But if you end up being in a hot country for too long, you lose that possibility to produce because it's counterproductive for you so suddenly you become a person who feels very comfortable at the beach and not so good anymore in northern ireland right so
0: don't worry lance you can come over and stay with me in the cold and wet and i'll get you back used to it (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <I
0: know. laughs> um oh i i love all this there's so many directions my mind's going and i i mean who says science isn't fun you there's no excuse for not making science fun and relevant to everyone so yeah. lance now you are one of the experts that i you know certainly look up to in terms of some of these nutrient epigenetics and how some of these key nutrients and factors affect the body so pick a couple of examples for us and talk us through them
2: yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll get to a couple specific nutrients and I want to bring something up that ties into this called the vitamin triage theory, which has been put forth by Dr. Bruce Ames. And it's the, the, the belief that of the major uh, vitamins and minerals, the, the 40 plus are around there. These are needed in quantities to where we need to have our tanks full so to speak so as it relates to a specific nutrient we know that vitamin d affects at least 200 different genes some people say it's up to a thousand uh but you know 200 to a thousand different genes and that is a nutrient, epigenetic uh nutrient uh it's in it's going to influence our genes Uh, and if we get more it's gonna help it even more. And so how this vitamin triage theory ties into this is uh, imagine a gas tank, okay? If we have small amounts of vitamin D, we can only do the basic, the the most basic physiological function just to keep us alive, okay? So it's gonna use that vitamin D just on the functions at the most fundamental base level. But we're not here to just live, like Timo's been talking If our genes are being activated in ways in in non beneficial circumstances, it's going to keep pushing us towards that. And one way that we can help change that is by loading up and dosing up and getting enough of the nutrients that we need so that our tanks become full, because when the tanks become full, it really is like a quantum leap effect in terms of it goes from, you know, zero to a hundred, so to speak, or empty to full we're going to have not just survival, we're, we're going to be thriving. Our genes are going to express themselves in the ways they should. We're going to feel better. We're going to look better. Um, everything's just going to be functioning better. So vitamin D is a really good one. Vitamin K, they've also found is influencing several different genes. Vitamin A, all three of those are fat soluble. Um, the, the vitamin A, certainly for eyesight and skin health, Um, so those are like some major nutrients that are doing it. And then, um, you know, all these other smaller ones are sure going to be impacting us. Uh, but again, it's just making sure that we can get them in adequate quantities in our diet.
0: Yeah. And that can be a real challenge for people at the moment now, can't it? Because, you know, we all know that, you can buy some fresh fruit and vegetables and they can look amazing, but be quite nutritionally deficient, unfortunately, nowadays. Um, So is this where supplementation comes in and making sure that you know what you're doing with the quantity of the, the quality of the supplementation as well?
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, you know, as it relates to supplementation for, let's say, vitamin D, as an example, there was a study that Uh, took place, they looked at 1600 different participants. And essentially, what they found was the lower amount of vitamin D in their blood, they were biologically older than people who had either adequate levels or more than adequate levels of vitamin D. And so, you know, this triage theory, the nutrient epigenetics ties in also with biological age versus chronological age and how the aging process happens. And the interaction amongst all of those different fields.
0: So for those of them, I'm so, so pleased you mentioned that. So for those people that haven't heard this concept yet of the difference between chronological age, which is, you know, how many birthdays have you had? And so therefore your official age that you tell people that you are, unless you lie. Um, <laughs> i've got certain relatives particularly the females that always used to lie about their age it was hysterical but talk us through this concept of biological age because this is i mean you start with that lance because this is a really big one for people to again grasp what's possible
2: so it's really how what we look like in terms of age on a cellular level and how that relates to our genetics um, I, you know, one specific example, I think Timo will be able to go deeper into this than I, but, um, one thing I know is the size of telomeres is correlated to, uh, a lower biological age. So your, your youth the, so the healthier and longer your telomeres are, the more youthful you are, um, from a chronological age. So, um. Telomere health, as we know, and we talked about that a little bit, that's such a huge thing. And there's certain nutrients that really affect that. DHA is one of them. And we can talk about that a little bit more. But um, yeah, Timo, what else can you add on to that?
1: Well, the telomeres are the small snippets of uh, um, genetic material that are always uh, used, expendable, so to speak, every time your cells have to multiply. And the longer they are, the younger you are, because you, Um, let's say, didn't live that long. Um, And when the telomeres are at the end, so when you use them all, then the cell cannot um, reproduce anymore or divide itself. And that's why telomere health is super important. The length tells how much life you have left. The the thing is, though, with the different uh, nutrients, you can keep your telomeres their own size or you can even make them longer again, like DHA we talked about. And that's super important because Uh, A lot of plant nutrients also, or mostly uh, marine nutrients, are super impactful on your cell um, quality and your telomere size or the length. And um, that's why it plays a major role on how your body works, because the body works uh, as good as the cell's health, own health, each and every cell. And if you keep the cells healthy and young then you are physically young. So your uh, chronological age doesn't play much of a role if, if you are younger on, your cellul- on the cellular level. But on the other hand, you can also be very young, uh, but already had a very um, rock and roll lifestyle that uh, you didn't take care of yourself or you worked too hard and um, in a bad environment. Then, of course, you destroyed too many cells and they had to, re- uh, yeah, they have to, reproduce and then you lost a lot of telomeres and if you eat a very oxidatively stressful food uh, or diet and uh, you don't uh, have enough nutrients to protect yourself from oxidative stress then you have more cell death more uh, cell division and faster depletion of your telomeres
0: and i know joe has done some amazing tests for this with his so you know for people that wanting to find out more from that obviously Giving your body the right building blocks is absolutely essential. But also there's so many things. Go and look at some of Joe Dispenza's work and about how some of the meditations and the mind over matter work that he does. They've actually measured people just in a week and then over a longer period of time about how they've managed to actually increase the length of their telomeres. So there's something for everyone, whichever route you want to approach it to first, there's something for everyone. So I wanted to talk a little bit more, um, Lance, about the DHA, because that's a crucial one that, um, again, some people can be thinking they're getting it from a healthy source. So can you talk us through, first and foremost, why it's so important? And secondly, you know, some of the pitfalls people need to look out for about unhealthy sources of DHA.
2: Yeah, definitely. So DHA, the one of the omega-3 essential omega-3 fatty acids, meaning we have to get these fatty acids in the diet, uh, there's so many benefits to it, but as it relates to chronological age and DNA and telomeres, uh, it's been shown that having adequate amounts or good amounts of DHA can support the length and the longevity of telomeres. And, you know, that goes directly with what Timo just said. And so if we can do that, if we can lengthen and, uh, you know, really nutritionally enhance those telomeres, we're giving our bodies the best chance to do what it needs to do. Um, and then going into the sources of these omega-3s, it's commonly known that you get it for fish or fish oil, salmon in particular, oysters, um, some small amounts, very small amounts in walnuts and and flax seeds. But what we can do is we can actually just go to the source of it. So the fish eat algae and the algae is actually the source. The algae converts the, the sunlight and will create these different compounds, DHA and EPA being a couple of them amongst many others that the fish will then eat. They incorporate it into their cellular membranes. We eat the fish and then we get those, those fatty acids. But for those that don't want to eat fish or, or don't eat fish, you don't have to, to get these important omegas. You can literally just go to the source, which is, which is the algae. And that's what we've done with Ascent Nutrition is we've water extracted this algae to have a very potent combination of DHA and a little bit of EPA, and then about 20 other fatty acids in very small amounts that our cellular membranes need and our telomeres need and it helps us in so many different ways and just one example is dha is known to uh upregulate the production of or or activate i should say um, many different genes throughout the brain and nervous system in particular i mean every system in the body but in particular brain and nervous system and so that's part of why it's so important for brain health, cognition, memory, recall, outlook, happiness, and, and more.
0: Yes, it's so, so important. Tima, have you got anything to add to that?
1: Yeah. Um, I think what we also have to think about is not just the length of our telomeres, but how often we need cell division. So mm-hmm. if we keep the cells healthy for a longer time, um, then we don't have this problem. So we, we don't have to divide the cells as much. We keep the cells healthy and free of uh, oxidative stress, or let's say in a level that they can fight the oxidative stress easily. And that's actually what makes you young. So you have the possibility to have your cells live longer and healthier and keep working. Uh, because the cells actually don't have a real age. It's not, uh, and some tissue has longer age than others. For instance, your tongue is one day old. Most of the cells change daily, and, and, uh, or your liver. But uh, your nerves that goes from your hand to your brain, they are mostly seven-year-old. And they exchange themselves every seven years. And muscle tissue, uh, you destroy them and uh, they can regenerate in the next two, four to eight weeks perfectly. And your skin, as you know, if you have an operation or something, needs one week or two to regenerate, and your connective tissue five and a half months to regenerate, your bones three weeks to regenerate, and on and on and on so um that means different different tissues need different division times they have have different telomeres and uh, that's why the damage on the nervous system is so oh, so important and also why we need DHA to keep the nervous system functioning and have neurogenesis because the nervous system needs seven years to repair itself, mm. seven years. So, um, and that tells you a lot, how much you have to take care of certain um, cells better, tissues better and make sure that you have the right nutrients to keep them alive because as we talk, your tongue can replace itself every day. It's not a a huge deal, but not the same for your brain or your nervous system.
0: Wow, (laughs) Uh, it's yeah, it's a lot for people. But you know, the main thing takeaway I would say is is that you know, nowadays, most of us, unless we happen to be living in a beautiful place in the middle of nowhere with very good, unpolluted, good quality soil, (laughs) um, we are going to struggle to get a lot of these nutrients in an acceptable form just from our food. So it's really worth for you and your animals for looking into supplementation. Now, What's really, really important for people when we're looking at this? So everyone's going to have some sort of challenge in their lives. Um, I mean, it's very unlikely that there's anyone watching or listening to this that isn't going to have some sort of challenge or some area of their life that they want to um, improve on. And we normally finish our podcast with talking about some key tips for people. So let's go around the table and talk about with the epi- the whole subject of epigenetics and nutrient epigenetics, what are some of the key takeaways that you want people to really sort of embody and take away? Lance, do you want to start with that?
2: Yeah. So when I think about this, when I when this topic really became uh more ingrained within my mind, of so I had my mind wrapped around it more and could understand it and how it relates to genes and so forth. Um, I view our body, it helps me view my body as a, what we call like a biological machine or a computer, so to speak. I mean, I'm, you know, not talking about anything artificial, but just from a technological, uh, perspective of like how we input things is how things output. Okay. And so it's, what am I inputting? And what am I going to then output from that? So I really view it as, or it's helped me view my life of getting down to choices more and more, and specifically with nutrients, like really digging deep into some of these major compounds and learning how they affect me. And if I know I'm not getting them in the diet, that I need to supplement with them. And some of these things have really helped me um, in terms of adding them into the diet. So ultimately it's really just what we've been saying this whole time is it's the power of choice. And this is, I think just another illuminating topic that makes it even more clear for, for more people. I'm sure that, yeah, we do have choices. We aren't stuck or determined unless if we put that in our minds, we we are limited only by our choices and our thoughts. And, and, you know, maybe some outside circumstances, but you understand what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Timo, what about you?
1: Well, I want to say something very positive for a, for a team. Uh, whatever you, your baggage is genetically, uh, the, the way you handle your own life has more impact than anything else. So if you really want to uh, get healthier, stronger, faster, or just more mobile or whatever, you have to think about it and you have to work on it, then it will happen, right? Of course, we have some genetic limitations. For instance, I could do a full split side split uh, when I was 22 years old, but I couldn't touch the floor with my, with my fingers with, uh, with straight knees. So I have my limitations too. And whatever I did with my back, I got never flexible on my back and extremely flexible on my legs. So of course we have limitations, right? But I know if I really wanted to push that, I would get flexible on my back, too, if I trained it every day, thought about it. Because when you think about something all the time, you you make it a reality for your body. So you are into it. You are that. Whatever you think, you are there. And your body will do that. And, um, And if it's about thriving, being happy, getting stronger, getting faster, progress, you go that way and uh, if you're about the negativity oh my god to my neighbor oh my god this and that it goes that way so you 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 direct the boat which is your body and the boat goes that direction
0: it's so so true I absolutely love it and I think the great thing for me is there's so many choices out there for people so it doesn't matter what budget you're in where you're living in the world you know all of our Our choices will be different depending on those environmental factors, but there really is something for everyone. So there's a lot of information now about the nutrients and how they affect our bodies. So when you start reading up about those for you or your animals, you can sort of correlate. Oh, yeah, I've got this symptom or I'm feeling this. And let me have a look what that might be to do with and try it and really see Um, And also there's the looking at getting back control over what programs are in your subconscious mind, you know. So when you want to know what programs are in your subconscious mind, take a look because your reality is showing you. And if there's one of those that you don't like, then look at some of those resources for what you can do about that. But there really is so many resources out there for people to really start making these different choices and start achieving what they do want physically, emotionally, you know, spiritually. I think personally, it's a very, very exciting time. And for me, we can make our life a lot easier for ourselves. So I take quite a lot of supplements at the moment. We're going into winter in the UK. Um, I've had a very busy schedule, et cetera. So I'm like, you know, my body needs an extra just a bit of extra support. Let's make sure I give it that extra energy, the extra nutrients that it needs. Um, Any final words from you, Lance, to finish off this episode?
2: Um, No, I I just really enjoyed today's conversation. Uh, You know, all these are so different than the ones we've had in the past. I mean, they all tie together, but every one that we've had is such a different topic, but has this thread that connects them all.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Timo, what about you? Any final thoughts?
2: No, I think that was a great
1: uh, conversation. And I think... It opens up uh, totally new uh, pages for more conversations because there is a lot happening in our bodies, in our minds, uh, connected to the environment and the way we understand reality, how we perceive our reality, and that forms our body and our genetic response to everything. So I think the most important thing is we have to think about what reality we are in and how we can change that reality if we want to change it.
0: Lovely. So next week, we're going to be finishing off this series with our final episode where we're going to be pulling a lot of our key takeaways together. And we would really appreciate for anyone. So those of you that are watching it on YouTube, please do leave your tips and comments below. What's working for you? What information would you like to share with others? And those of you that are listening to this on one of your podcast platforms, Please do do a review and we're always open to see what other topics you want us to discuss. So, thank you very much for everyone for listening to this. And we will be back for the closing episode in this series next week. Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation. And I hope there's at least one thing that you can take away and apply to your own life or to the lives of your animals. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And if you feel inspired, please do share with your friends and family. My goal is to inspire as many people as I can to live their best lives, to stay curious and to raise their consciousness and that of the collective. So to do this, I need to reach as many people as possible. And this needs your help. If you feel drawn, would you be willing to share your favourite episode with five different people this helps us spread the word and also helps me encourage some exciting new guests to take part in this podcast. If you feel drawn to do that, I will be very, very grateful. All the links and discount codes where applicable for all the products that I support are on my two websites, katherineedwards.life and katherineedwardsacademy.com. All of the products are personally tried and tested by me, my family and my clients. And finally, please do press the follow or subscribe button, depending which platform you're listening on. And above all, stay curious and stay free.